Hello and welcome to episode 63 of the Ohio Huntsman podcast. And you guys have been asking for it. You've been asking for another stories episode where, you know, where we just kind of tell hunting stories. And so we've made that happen. And the best part is it's with our dad. So he's obviously the one that uh, got the three of us into hunting. We've told some stories on here that that include him. So this is his opportunity to tell his side of the story and any other stories that that he wants to share. So hopefully you guys enjoy this. I know we enjoyed this conversation. These are all, you know, it's always good to sit sit around and relive old hunting stories. So this was fun for us. Hopefully you guys enjoy it. Before we get into that, I want to talk about our sponsor, Monster Whitetail Grub. So they are a, a, an Ohio deer feed company. They've got basically anything that you would need for, from a, uh, a deer feed standpoint. So they've got their premium product, which is a high-protein feed. It's got mineral mixed in. You can get all kinds of flavor additives like white oak acorn, persimmon. Um, I think there's an apple, a blackberry, a handful of flavors, additives. You can get whole peanuts added, things like that. And we've just had really good success with this product. So that's why we like promoting it. So if you're looking for feed or if you're looking for minerals, something like that, I encourage you to check out Monster Whitetail Grub. And there'll be a link in the show notes on how to get in touch with them and either order directly from them and have it shipped. Or there might be a retailer in your area. I know they've got a few retail outlets across the state where you can just go to the store and buy some. So with that... Let's get into the episode with our dad. Welcome to the Ohio Huntsman Podcast, where three brothers, Jason, Jacob, and Jeff, discuss all things hunting in Ohio. Our goal is to be your source for accurate and reliable hunting news and conservation issues in the great state of Ohio, as well as some fun and interesting conversations along the way. This is the Ohio Huntsman Podcast. Are you listening? All right, today on the show, we've got the usual, Jacob, Jeff, and myself, and we've got the man, the myth, the legend, our dad. So, this is the first time he's been on the show. This is the first time you've ever been on a podcast. So, are you nervous? A little bit. A little bit. All right. We got, I don't know, a couple million listeners, so <laughs> that's an exaggeration. Um. So what we thought we would do today, you've heard us tell hunting stories, you've heard us tell hunting stories that included dad, and so this is sort of his opportunity to either tell his version of the story or tell other stories that he he would like to share with the world. So, do you guys have any questions to start, or should we, because what Jeff and I were talking, we think it would be a, a good place to start the conversation. We've all told our first deer story. So we thought it would be fitting for Dad to tell his first year story. Any objections? Sound no. like a plan? Sounds no, good sounds to me. Like I'm not sure I know that story, so that's a good one. Yeah, me I don't either. think any of us do. Yeah. So He's like, I don't know if I do. We, well, <laughs> I remember. <laughs> we've, so we've talked in the past, right? We have our, our hunting cabin down in uh, southeast Ohio, Wayne National Forest down there, and... That was started by our dad and a couple of his buddies, and so I think his first deer story somewhat revolves around that. So, 
wherever you want to start on your first deer. Okay. Uh, hi, I'm Ross. I'll go ahead with a first deer story for me. Uh, me and a friend, my buddy Tim, uh, his father owned a deer cabin in the George Washington National Forest in West Virginia. Roughly how, like, how old were you? What, what year? Oh, was, how long ago was this? I was in my this? early 20s, I would say. Probably 25. Okay. I got started deer hunting late, I guess, in the big scope of things. You did other other hunting and trapping, though, as Yeah, hunting, a kid. trapping, yeah. Coon hunting, rabbit, squirrel. Ran the woods. Small game, that yeah, kind of stuff, yeah, right? Because yeah. that was, ba- I mean, back in the day, right, you could get some money for furs yeah. and things, right? Yeah. A good, uh, well, muskrats were five to seven bucks. A coon pelt would bring you $35. I never did much good with fox or anything like that. Coyotes, they didn't exist Yeah, around here. Now they're everywhere. Yeah, now they're everywhere, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, with getting late to the game with deer hunting where you grew up medina county there was there many deer at that time in the area not that i saw but i wasn't hunting them either so mm-hmm. i was more squirrel hunter uh muskrat trapper i mean that put money in my pocket the trapping put money in my pocket so when it was trapping season i trapped yeah but you were, I mean, you were obviously in the woods, so if there were oh, yeah. a lot of deer around, you'd run I never run jumped into... deer, though. Never yeah. jumped a lot of deer. No white tails taken off. Yeah. Yeah, never saw many. So, I guess that speaks to how old you are. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would have been back in 73. Yeah. That time frame, early 70s, mid-70s, when I was trapping. Yeah. Okay, so I derailed you. So, you... You grew up small game, trapping, things like that. And so you and your buddy, you said Tim. Tim, yep. I worked with them, went to high school with them. And so you, it was, it was, you said, uh, West Virginia. Yeah. His father owned a trailer down there because he was from West Virginia. His father was. Okay. And we decided to go deer hunting in West Virginia. Now, Tim, he had been there before. I had to even borrow a high-powered rifle. I didn't even own a high-powered rifle living in Ohio. Right. Uh, so we piled in his Hyundai, threw all our gear in, and made the drive to his father's camp. It was an eight-hour drive. It was a long drive. But we had a blast. I shot a buck. Tim shot a buck. Uh you want me to go into the actual details of yeah. shooting that deer? Yeah. Okay. So out deer hunting, and I'm on stand, and this was all new to me. These this was mountains, right? Uh, and these, this right. is my first adventure in that type of terrain. So I hear something coming, and I'm all pumped up. I cock the hammer on this thirty thirty, all ready for this deer. And as I hear this animal getting closer, I convince myself that this isn't even a deer, that the footsteps are too steady. This is a guy coming through the brush, and he's going to be mad as a hornet when he comes through and sees me pointing a rifle at him. (laughs) So at that point, I lower my gun down and let the hammer off. Well, that metallic sound, that deer raised its head up, 
and I saw him, he saw me. It took off, it was on. I took one running shot at this deer and I got it. Really? Yes. So I know I've never heard that story. It was a good shot. That was a lucky shot, but it was a good shot. That deer dropped, there was spray everywhere. So, <laughs> wow. So maybe uh, maybe all your, your rabbit hunting as a, as a young man Possibly. paid off there? Possibly. Swing and shoot. Help, yeah, because that deer was... How far away was it? 30, 40 yards. It was not that oh, far okay. away. Yeah, it okay. was not... Was this know. with open sights or a scope? No, it had a scope on the gun. This was a scope. Yeah. Okay. I okay. think I have heard that story once now that you told it, but... Yeah. Still interesting. So, the, obviously, pre-cell phone, right? So, deer's down... Tim, oh, yeah, that, yeah, there was Tim, no cell phones. Tim, Tim was, was close out. enough to you to hear the shot or? No, not that I recall, no. So you got your first deer on the ground. Yeah, and gutted it and drug it out. That that didn't seem to be that big of a deal for me, though. That We met at the parking lot because it, it was National Forest, public right, hunting. Right. There was a parking area. And I think Tim got his deer the previous day. And I got my deer the next day. So we both got deer on that trip. We throw these deer into his little Hyundai, little hatchback thing. <laughs> and we drove to his grandfather's house. Because like I say, his relations are all from that area. Right, yeah. So his grandfather came out, looked at our deer. And, you know, he was, oh boy, you know, those are nice, those are nice. And then he says, look at the deer I got. And we went over to the back of his pickup truck, and he had a buck back there that filled the bed of his truck. It oh, was, wow. It was huge. Yeah. Had we got deer like that, we'd have never even fit him in his car. <laughs> so. Okay. So. So you, you put a deer on the ground, mm-hmm. never hunted, big, you know, big game, so to speak. Right. How did you know how to field dress? Like what? You just you tr- I, did the best you could. They taught yeah. that in high school back then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because to my, I don't remember any experience with deer hunting earlier than that. That was the first deer I ever got. So I, I don't know. Actually, the gutting process, I don't really remember that clearly. Maybe it went so badly you blocked it out of your mind. That <laughs> could be. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. So then that's, that turns into, that sort of then rolls into the story of how the cabin came to be, right? Yeah. On, on our drive home, I say it was a long drive. We had plenty of time. We had so much fun that we decided we need to get a cabin, except we have to take out the eight-hour drive. Yeah. Uh, and at that point, we started looking. Another friend of mine, Randy... He had, his grandma had given him, sold him uh, our current cabin property. And he invited, we told him that we were looking for property. He invited us down to our current cabin, which was then his, to look around for property. Uh, We did that, had a blast. Uh, Randy fell on hard times whatever happened in his life, but he had to sell the cabin, the property back to his grandmother and she didn't want it. She had already sold it to Randy. Right. He just needed his money back. 
So at that point, we stepped in and bought the cabin. So, and that was that was obviously the old cabin, right? Yep. Now there's yes. a, yes. I guess for listeners' sake, right? There's a new cabin that's been built across the street from the old cabin. That old cabin was old that when old you guys bought it. Old and yeah, it was nasty. Yeah, yeah. It was the hillside was coming down on the back of it. Uh, it was musty, moldy, lots of mice. It yeah. was. Yeah, not a very good place. Yeah. But okay. the, uh, the original owners, uh, me, myself, Tim, a gentleman by the name of Doug and Stan. Well, Tim and Doug were in the National Guard. Stan uh, was their sergeant in the National Guard. So all the four of us got together. We purchased the cabin. And through progression of things, this was out at Boston Mills. There was an armory or a barracks out there okay uh, stan they were going to tear down army barracks stan got permission to go in and salvage the barrack the barracks and that's what we did we went in there and with pry bars chainsaws hammers and we cut down an army barracks and moved it down south and reassembled so on trailers or like because i've never heard that we, part how did you get it down there how big were the pieces? Uh, they were good-sized pieces. The roof trusses and that type of thing were pretty big. We rented trucks, rider trucks. Oh, like, okay. Uh, I'm not sure the size of the trucks. I'm not a trucking guy, but we went to rider, rented trucks, and hauled that stuff down there. Like box trucks? No, flatbed. Oh, okay. Single okay. axle okay. flatbed. Okay. Ten ton, I guess. I don't know what size they yeah. were, but... Okay. I don't know. We made three trips... Maybe so. Then over the over the course of a summer, you guys put this thing yeah, together. Yeah, we went we went down and we put the poles in the ground because our cabin is built in a lowland down there, kind of lowland. But there's a creek next to it, and when that valley floods, the water comes through there pretty good. So our old cabin, we had a flood down there one time, and we marked the high water. We put our new cabin. Know, a couple of feet over the high water mark. Okay. And we have never had water get into our new cabin. Yeah. But we did the poles one fall. That was all set and ready to go, basically the foundation. And then that next year, we went down and uh, everyone took weeks vacation off of work. And we put the flooring in, stood the walls up, got the the roof on i believe that was all in one week we did all that okay and then that's how the cabin came to be basically right that was yes that was 96 right that's we yeah we always check the the plywood yeah yeah (laughs) yeah for the date so and then it's been there ever since and that's i mean we we have some vague recollection of the old cabin right we've got some pictures and we we were at the old cabin but mm-hmm. most of our hunting lives or i, I would say probably Maybe all of, all of it yeah, i would say all of it yeah. has been yeah, in the I new cabin the only time we were at the old cabin was like on yeah, summer vacation just yeah as kids kids just going yeah. down we went down there and you guys tarred the poles but you were kids you weren't out yeah tarred really. the poles and got stung by bees yeah yeah yes that was yeah. good times <laughs> yeah yeah good times for all except jeff so I think I told this story when we 
we did our storytelling episode, and I think it was one of my earliest hunting memories was rabbit hunting with you, and I, and I don't remember where we were, so that's what I'm hoping. Maybe you can add some color to this story. You and I were rabbit hunting, and I don't even remember who shot the rabbit, but it wasn't dead, but I remember you literally karate... This is how I remember it, at least. You karate chopped this rabbit to kill it. Right. That's how I remember it. And as a kid, I'm like, oh my gosh, my dad is a... He's a hardcore MFer, man. He just karate chopped this rabbit. And so do you remember that story? Do you remember that adventure? Not specifically, I have to say no. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I remember disposing of lots of rabbits that way though <laughs> it's either that or just twist their head yeah but those are about the two options okay all right so can't say i've ever karate chopped a rabbit no yeah me neither well, jeff but, you should probably avoid well karate yeah chopping now, rabbit. yeah yeah but i typically would grab them by the back legs and swing them but uh see well you grab them by the front legs and swing them around. It forces all their guts down, and it's easier to gut them. After they're dead? Mm-hmm. Wow. Oh, pro see, tip. There's a little pro tip for you. All right, so, so we've also told our first deer stories. And uh, so anything, I mean, you were there for those adventures, right? Anything you want to add to those stories anything that sticks out in your mind about our if you guys i don't remember what episode it was but we did a i think it's our favorite hunting stories or whatever and so if you want to go back and listen to those stories these are you know sort of dad's takes on some of those stories well i remember the first deer season that all three of you went that that was an adventure uh I dropped you guys, well, after we got all ready, I dropped you guys off in in a line on this ridge that we hunt. And I believe Jacob got dropped off first, Jason got dropped off second, and I kept Jeff a little closer to me. He was the youngest, yeah. is the youngest. And uh, Jacob was the one that was doing all the shooting. Yeah, that would be my first deer story. Yeah. 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 I did a lot of shooting. <laughs> Right. I remember I couldn't take it anymore. He had shot twice, maybe twice, and I couldn't take it anymore. I had to go see what he was up to. And there's no deer. He tells me about deer he shot, deer he can't find. (laughs) (laughs) It was like, Jacob. But we got through that, and we ended up actually finding those deer on our way out as we uh, came down the hill. I told everybody to keep their eye out for blood. And I'm not sure who found blood, but we found blood and we found deer. I think if the, the, as I recall, the blood was coming across that little, that old yeah, that road, road or whatever yeah, that we were walking path. out on. Yeah. Yep. And it was like, well, hang on, what's this? You know? And one thing, like I said, Jacob told the story in more detail, um, back on that previous episode, but we walked up on those deer and they weren't, I mean, you shot them, separately from each other but they both died not far from each other right yeah i mean we were gutting the first one and i don't know who it was dad i think looked down the hill and was like now what is that down there yeah i mean so it was within eyesight yeah they both ran the ridge the same way maybe 
20 yards apart from each other. Yeah. Okay. Jason's first deer, that was also special. We were at the cabin, new cabin, his first deer season. Uh, we always eat big breakfasts down there. It's, it's what we do. So we eat these big breakfasts. Everybody piles in the truck. Everyone gets dropped off as we go down the road. And me and Jason are going to go straight up the hill. Well, he's probably 12 years old, and I'm thinking he's, he's going to run up this hill. But by the time we got to the top of that hill, he was fairly winded. I mean, he's puffing. He's just a young child at that point. He's 12 years old. I didn't quite take that into account. Uh, by the time we got to the stand, we weren't there for till just daylight. I mean, right when you're expecting the deer to come around, and Jason's over there throwing up. <laughs> so... <laughs> So we get through that, and now all of a sudden he has to poop. <laughs> so he learns how to poop in the woods. Not long after that, he's hungry. So <laughs> we didn't get any deer that opening day. Yeah. yeah. But that was fun. That was very fun. Yeah. So as so for my side, right, I just remember, like, the excitement of opening day, right? The, this is my first time. It's a big deal, right? These guys are amped up. We, you know, we get up early, have the big breakfast, right? And like, we're going out to do this. And I just remember being so nervous, so like anxious. And I, I just, I think I just got so worked up and it was like, can't take it. I'm so, I don't know. I'm uh, so, yeah. Well, you were the first kid down there right no one else had brought their kids before really had they i believe that's probably true yeah Yeah. well i don't know stan uh has a son ted he's older than jason yeah yeah. so ted might have been down there in fact i'm looking back i'm pretty sure he was yeah 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 because ted was probably at drinking age at that point so yeah so, and then Jeff, he's just a stone cold killer. So I don't know. He, he was killing deer out of the womb. So we probably don't remember that. <laughs> well, I think dad realized that he couldn't keep me out of the woods any longer. So he started me a little earlier than you guys. Yeah. As things progressed. Yeah. I started you guys younger and younger. Yeah. yeah. That would be true. So do you remember Jeff's first year? Yeah. He, uh, we went up to the same spot, basically where I dropped all you guys off. I want to say it was youth season too. Yeah, it was. I think it was the first youth season ever. That the first be. youth deer season that could the be. state had. Yeah, because it probably was. Because I don't think I had a gun. I was with you. Yeah, but uh, yeah, we were standing up there. Uh, saw a doe coming from. It was a good ways off. And it was far enough away that I could talk lightly to Jeff and not alert the deer. And we let that deer get as close as it was going to get before it started veering away, And it, which was still a good long shot. I bet that shot was 40 yards, maybe. It was a good long it shot. It was good ways. Yeah. And this is prior to say bows or a sabot however you want oh, to yeah, say it right, this yeah. is all i mean it was, it was smooth old, bore smooth bore yeah 
He had a scope on the gun. Did that gun have a scope? No, on? I didn't. No? I didn't have the scope. Okay, then that we had. Yeah, okay. Then that gun had uh, shim stock crammed up underneath the rear ramp, right? Siding it in. <laughs> right, we <laughs> lost the rear ramp somehow. Right, right. But yeah, when uh, anyway, when he got ready to shoot that deer, he did, and I knew right away he hit it just by, by the way the deer kicked up. He shot that deer good so after he calmed down got reloaded because it was a single shot 20 gauge is what he was using uh we went to the site and we found blood and i'm a little bit on the colorblind side so i have a difficult time seeing blood so even to this day when i shoot a deer a lot of times i'll need help tracking the deer because i don't see the red yeah but Jeff saw the blood, and he tracked that deer. And I was looking out. He was looking more at the blood. I was looking out in front of the blood. And I saw the deer laying down the hill there. But he tracked that deer and right to it. Did a good job. So and to this day, they're both tracking it. All of them tracking. <laughs> they can find deer. <laughs> so I think Jeff told that story a little differently. Well, just the fact that when I saw that deer, I practically yelled deer and pointed at it. Yeah. Oh, okay. And dad whacked my arm down. I <laughs> said, put your arm down. <laughs> I knew there was something about that story. Yeah. Okay, so <clears throat> those are all, now, now we've covered everybody's first deer story. Yeah, unfortunately, I wasn't with Jacob on his first deer, but. Just the way it went. Yeah, we were up over the hill. Yeah. So, um, did you ever hunt with your dad, with grandpa? Small game. Okay. Yeah. And not a lot. I remember my dad would go hunting with his buddies, and he would come home with his hunting jacket on, and the big deal was we would go through his hunting jacket because he would hide rabbits in every pocket. Oh, okay. And we had to find the rabbits. Okay. They would spread newspaper out on the floor, and I can remember taking the hide off the rabbits and cutting them up and cleaning them. Okay. But that's what I... Uh, I rabbit hunted with my father. Yeah. You know, And he was pretty strict about it. Well, he's pretty strict St- about a lot of things. Yeah. Well, st- like st- strict in what way, though? What do you mean by Gun that? safety. Oh, okay. Keeping the barrel pointed in the right direction. Yeah. Staying yeah. in line. Yeah. Which I think, I mean... Oh, yeah, I don't all, blame him. It's, yeah. I mean, and now we, you know, we're... I would consider us down at the cabin pretty strict about gun yeah. safety and sweeping your muzzle past somebody and stuff right. like if anybody, that. If we catch anybody making a, a mistake or an error, we let them know. Yeah. Yeah. So... Okay. I'll tell you a story about gun safety with Jeff. We would okay. walk. It's <laughs> a good story. <laughs> we would walk through the woods, and I would be in the lead, and I would look back and catch Jeff with his gun pointed in the wrong direction. His thing's pointed at me. Right. Well, this went on a couple of times, and it finally got to the point where I told him, if I catch you one more time, you will be walking through the woods with an empty shotgun. You will unload your gun <laughs> and not load it until you're ready to shoot something. Yeah. 
And that was the last time I ever caught him pointing the gun in the wrong direction. Yeah. As I recall it, I was going to walk through the woods with a stick. Oh, my God. <laughs> I wasn't going to have a gun. Either way, it worked. Yeah, it got the point across. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's, uh, that's all good. So Also, I was 11 at this time, yeah, I think. Yeah. Like I, or, yeah. No, I might have been... I might have been 10 or 9. Yeah. Because I think that was my first deer season. And Which it was yeah. a lot to remember for an 11-year-old. Yeah. <clears throat> it's not just but, flat walking down there. I mean, you have to pay right. attention to where you're walking and yeah. how you're walking. It's, yeah. Every time I had to go through a briar patch, yeah. right. you know, I'm more worried about getting catching a pricker of the eye. And Yeah. Yep. Those would be the times I'd look back and try to catch him. Yeah. Yeah, all it takes is once. Right, no recalls on bullets. Yeah, yeah. All right, so do you guys, Jake, Jeff, do you guys have any famous stories that you want to recap, that you want to talk about? Okay, we're going to pause the conversation here for a quick second to talk about our sponsor, Mastin's Deer Sense. So, as you all know, we are getting real close to peak rut hunting. And that's the time of year that, that I know the three of us have, have seemed to have the most success with using scent in the past. And so on top of that, it's a good time of year to be using scent. And with Mastins, it gives you some options that we haven't had before. So you've heard me talk before about their double scent stacker. And so I'm, I, I think this could be a really deadly combination, right? It, the full estra scents are good during the rut, but with the double scent stacker, you could layer full estrus with, say, like their buck reaper. So it kind of mimics a a doe in full estrus. She's ready to be ready to be bred. There's also some buck scent in there, and so I feel like that could be a good combination to bring the big boys out. Right there the big guy in the woods and if they're picking up that scent they're going to want to get in there and uh run that other deer out of there especially if they if they smell a doe that is ready to be bred so i feel like that could be a good combination a deadly combination so i'm really looking forward to using that if you're interested in trying some of this stuff like the double scent stacker or any of the Mastin scent products which they've got scented candles. That's what you use in the double scent stacker along with the liquid scent or they've got scented gel crystals, any of that stuff. Check out their website. There'll be a link in the show notes on how to find that and buy some of their stuff right from the website and have it shipped to your house. And with that, let's get back to the conversation. Do you, Dad, do you remember, I think it was during a youth season, we were hunting up uh, by the graveyard, around the graveyard. It was you and I, you were... It was, you didn't have a gun. It was youth season. It had to have been. And we were up in the graveyard, and there was that buck that came and walked the ridge. Yes. And you, I, the way I remember it is, you you know, you're like, there's one coming, there's one coming. And, you know, I got all ready. And that deer. I was upset you didn't shoot it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was very upset I didn't. Because it was a, I mean, for me, being a kid, it was a nice deer. Um, and. What had happened was I had oversized gloves because I didn't have my own gear. I just used dad's gear. So I had adult gloves on my youth size hand and the 
my trigger finger, the finger folded over, and I couldn't get my finger in the trigger guard. So then I had to try and take my glove off. And by the time I did all that, the deer, all I saw was its antlers just bouncing on the other side of the hill. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. That, a lot of that, though, I guess I had to try and outfit three kids, find three shotguns, three yeah. pair of boots, three pair of gloves, the three everything yeah. to take everybody hunting. And, of course, I guess that was youth season, though that might have been a little different. I think that was just me and you, Yeah, as I, I remember. Probably, I don't know. I think this was the evening after I shot my deer. That's probably why Dad doesn't wear gloves when he hunts, though, because he didn't have enough. He doesn't yeah, wear gloves because he doesn't get cold. I think Ella's. I think Ella might have picked up some of Dad's not getting coldness because when we went hunting, we we sat in this blind. Now, granted, it wasn't thirty degrees outside, but as soon as we got there, pretty much, she's like, "Can I take my socks and shoes off, or can I take my shoes off?" I said, sure. And so she took her boots off. And she said, well, I'm going to take my socks off too. I said, oh, okay. You know, it's sun's still up. It was pretty warm, you know. And, but I kept asking her, right? She, I, I had a jacket in my pack, but when we went out there, it was pretty warm. So she had uh, Carhartt bibs on with a long sleeve t-shirt. And I don't even think she was wearing the hat at that time. I had packed that in my bag as well. So as the night goes on, right, it's getting cooler and cooler and cooler. And the sun's, and I keep asking her, are you cold? You want, you want to put your shoes on? You want to put your socks on? No, no. She didn't put her shoe. I mean, it got dark, right? And it, it like the temperature dropped, you know, got down, you know, 60 degrees or something. And she's sitting in this blind with no socks and shoes on. <laughs> I kept asking, are you cold? Are you cold? Do you want to? No, no, no. (laughs) Okay. And then she did finally when we, because after we got done hunting, we walked back into the woods there a little bit. I had a camera there. And uh, when we were standing there, she she said that her hands were cold. And so I put her gloves on her. But that was the first, I mean, I thought for sure. Like, she's got no socks and shoes on and it's getting chilly. No, no, no. So maybe she don't get cold. I don't know. That'd be good for her. <laughs> yeah. Although, speaking of being cold, so I'm listening to this book about uh, longevity. I think it's called Lifespan, Aging, and why, uh, Story of Aging and Why We Don't Have to, or something like that. And they were just talking about how uh, being cold, so like, you know, cryotherapy and stuff, right? That's a thing now, right? You can go to these like cryo... I don't know, cryotherapy places, right? And you go sit in this box or whatever that's like minus 120 degrees or whatever. But they're, I, according to this book and his research, being cold activates things in your body that like clear out old junky cells and like it helps with longevity. So us as hunters, you know, we're going to live longer, fuller lives from being cold. Good to hear. <laughs> I have heard something, not nearly on that level of like cryotherapy, but I did uh, read something that said that like at the end of your shower, you're supposed to make it cold for like two or three minutes. And yeah. it's supposed that to just help. to close your pores up though. What it was talking about is it's supposed to be some cleansing thing and make you feel better and more revitalized. And 
I don't know. Because it I, stimulates blood flow or whatever, like all these things, you know, to, guess, to warm yourself know. back up. It. <laughs> I hate cold showers, so I don't do it. Yeah. But I did read it. And I tried it one time and was like, that's dumb. I'm freezing. Yeah. Well. So now I just burn myself in the shower like usual and then freeze when I get out. Speaking of cold showers, here's a, here's a, a hunting, well, not a hunting, cabin story, right? I remembered the old cabin as a kid. No running water. You got a well. And that's one of the memories I have from the old cabin is mom was down there with us. And I remember dad, you know, she's trying to wash up and dad dumped a bucket of, you know, groundwater. You know, it's 50 well whatever yeah. well bucket water over her head and she just, Whoa! <laughs> yeah, I do remember that. Cause yeah, it'll, that water yeah, take your breath away. Yeah, the shower, the shower at the old cabin was, you just went behind the car and. Right, heated water on the stove if you yeah. yeah yeah there was no bathroom in that cabin no. so there was no place like our new cabin not that we use it a ton but it has like a shower stall that you can right go in there and go clean there. up yeah hot water on the stove and get cleaned up yeah okay so tell them about the coyote during turkey season why don't you tell the story i think i may have already told this story Oh, okay. Why don't you tell your recollection of the story? All right. Uh, it's was it youth season? I think it was youth turkey yeah. season. Yeah. Okay. Potentially the first yeah, youth turkey season. I didn't have a gun again. I wasn't. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So we're up at the graveyard. Jeff is. Uh, I'm not sure how old, but he's a young man, and we're youth turkey hunting. Not having much luck. We're up there calling. I'm calling, calling. No. No replies. All of a sudden, Jeff tells me he sees a coyote. And I never saw this coyote. But Jeff says it's right over there. Should he shoot it? I said, absolutely. So he pulls the trigger on this coyote. And basically, he didn't put a kill shot on this coyote. But it started howling and yelping like a scalded dog running in circles, (laughs) dragging its back legs. And uh, we were turkey hunting. I mean, we got up, and he might have shot it twice from where we were at. Yeah, I mean, I I unloaded the gun. Okay, he probably shot three times then. But still, this coyote was pretty lively, and we were turkey hunting. I didn't have a knife, and we didn't want to just jump up and blow this coyote in half. So we tried a lot of different ways to kill that coyote. (laughs) But that, that was a nice coyote, too. It was a big one. That was a good-sized coyote. Yeah. That was probably the first coyote he's ever shot, first one that I had ever been yeah. involved in shooting. Yeah. But yeah, it was coming into the, the turkey call, and yeah. it, it was coming straight up the hill at us, and I shot it right in the face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I couldn't really, you know, it didn't really know where it was going then. Right. So I was able to... Empty the gun. We had another coyote adventure down there. It was February, probably. It was cold, real cold, early in the morning. We went up to the field below the graveyard, and we're going to call coyotes into this field and shoot them as they come into this field. That never worked. We never saw a coyote. So we decide that uh, we're just going to take a walk through the woods well, from being in the field, I had the magnification on because I was using a 30-odd-six. I think Jeff had my Mini 30. Mm-hmm. And 
I had the magnification turned way up on my 30-06 because I'm expecting to shoot them long range in this field. Well, as we start through the woods, I never thought to turn the magnification down. But again, Jeff sees coyote down in the valley below. And I had this little uh, handheld box call, rabbit in distress call. I think Jeff had it at that point. But he asked, should I hit the box call? I said, well, yeah. So (laughs) he hit that box call. And that coyote ran up that hill as fast as it could go. And went, I mean, that coyote couldn't have been 15 feet from us, 10 feet from us. Oh, really? When it topped the hill and realized, oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) And it turned, and I threw the the scope up, but all I saw, I'm at nine power. I don't see anything. I mean, I pulled the trigger, but I didn't stand a chance at hitting it. Jeff shot at that coyote, and I shot at that coyote, and... It got away. (laughs) See, I remember that story a little different, too. How I remember this is I saw that coyote down in the valley. Dad had a .30-06 and shot at it like it was standing still. Well, as soon as he pulled the trigger, it took a step, shot at it, and it ran off. And then it was like, oh, well... Should I at least try to, you know, hit this call? Because there was another one that was with it, but it was further away. And that second one came up, and then we started shooting some more. Yeah. And, yeah, that second one came, like, I mean, about ran us over. Yeah. Hmm. I don't think I've... Maybe this makes me a, a bad sportsman, but I don't think I've ever killed a coyote. No, if you had, you'd probably remember. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've never killed a coyote. I've seen one one time, but I wasn't, I was bow hunting when I saw one. And it wasn't, I was like walking, I wasn't on stand. I was just walking through some CRP type stuff. And actually, I take that back. I wasn't even hunting, I was shed hunting. I didn't have any weapon. Oh, okay. And so I was looking around for sheds, and then I saw a coyote. I think I've only ever killed one coyote when I was actually out trying to hunt for coyote. Because I killed the one turkey hunting. Um, I killed one deer hunting with a with a bow. And I put a slug through one. I remember you shooting that one during that deer drive. We never found that coyote. Yeah, we never found it. But I... You definitely killed I it. I put it's, a slug through it. It I did mean, some screaming. Yeah. It was running, though. Through a power line. Yeah. Dan went to the cabin last weekend. He said he heard a lot of coyote howling. Oh, really? Yeah. So another story that I don't, and I don't know if there's a much of a story there, but you took or you invited grandpa to the cabin. He went down there once? Mm-hmm. Yes. Any, anything of note there? Not really. I mean, we that was during gun season, and we did some drives, and I don't, I'm not sure we even got deer, but I remember him being there. We walked the entire length of the ridge from the top of Coon Run all the way back to the cabin. He had a good time, but I don't think we got deer. I seem to remember him there. saying something about 
the story I remember from him being down there is he's, he claims he saw some kind of a ghost or something in the graveyard, some kind of revolutionary war yeah. soldier. Yes, that's what he says. And he thought he was, uh, I don't know, born again or, or like he was, this, this was the second go around or something. Anybody yeah. remember that? Well, that yeah, was just a general thing. That had nothing to do with being at the cabin. Oh, okay. just, he just believes that. He believed yeah. he was been reincarnated. and Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah he believed. So, yeah, because later in his life, he had issues with his kidneys, and they had to remove one, and that was a big deal for him because he needed it when he came back. So he didn't want him taking his kidney out. But I think finally Grandma told me towards the end that he, he decided that he, this was his last time. He wasn't coming mm. back. Mm. So. so I tell the, I mention that because I remember as a kid, you know, like that was, it seemed like great fun for you guys to try to just scare the crud out of us as kids about, I mean, cause down at the cabin, right? It's, you know, it's Wayne national forest. There's no lights around, right? You don't have the light pollution. So it gets dark dark down oh, there it's dark yes and i i mean i can't think of any specific stories but i just remember laying in in the bed in the cabin you know multiple nights you know thinking like what was that i think i heard something you know ghost stories you guys remember any of that did they do that to you i don't specifically remember any ghost mm. stories i i more just remember the hazing in the sense of like gutting my first deer or that kind of stuff yeah eating a pound of dry spaghetti like <laughs> you know i mean they cooked they it cooked but it. yeah being Once forced the, being forced to eat your weight in spaghetti yeah that's that's a lot for a 12 year old to eat i just remember that kind of and stuff and stan would guilt you into it i cooked that for you you're gonna eat it yeah that was a lot true. of spaghetti he did you were, I, not, you were not allowed to leave food on your plate. You learned very quickly to yeah, get remove, your plate off the yeah, table. Get your plate moved. <laughs> if you can't eat anymore, you better make your plate disappear because they're going to fill it back up. Do you remember how we used to put money in opening oh, yeah. day for yeah. the biggest, biggest the, yeah biggest buck? Yeah, if nobody got a buck, it would be the biggest deer. Yeah, yep, absolutely. Five dollar pot or five dollars a piece, I think, to get in. I think. I don't know. I remember one year you, as I recall, you put the money and I think I told this story before you put the money in for me, but you said, we got to split the pot. If you, because I'm, I'm fronting you the money, we got to split the pot. Right. I probably did say that. Yes. <clears throat> and then the next year I'm like, I'm big, bad hunter. I'm putting my own money in. And as I recall, it wasn't a big buck, but I had a buck run by and blam, 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 never got this deer. And that would have been, nobody else shot a buck. And so I was so mad. I remember being so mad at myself because I'm big, bad hunter. I'm putting my own money in. I'm going to win it. And then I missed the deer to win it. So pretty bummed about that. Still, still a little bit of a wound. <laughs> <laughs> so. The other story that I that I always I think is interesting, I guess, is how you guys got in with Jack and how that kind of 
came to be. So that was prior to the new cabin, right? Where, yeah, that we did were you still guys in even the old own, cabin. Did you guys own the, the old cabin at that point? Yeah. Okay. The old cabin was the only thing there at that point. I just wasn't sure if that was still when it was Randy and or his grandma's cabin. No, we had, we had purchased it by that point. Okay. Yeah. Uh, me and Tim were down there for a weekend and it was bow season, I believe, but we were uh, getting ready to call it a night. Went out on the front porch to brush our teeth, take a leak, do whatever. And we heard a coon dog up on the side of the hill. And I had coon hunted, as I mentioned previously. I mean, both me and Tim were from coon hunting backgrounds, so we knew exactly what that was. And we were standing there listening to this dog tree, and we were going to actually stand there until whosoever dog that was, the guy came over the hill and shot the coon out, you know, took care of things. Well, it turns out the guy didn't come over the hill. He come driving down the road, and when he stopped in front of the cabin, we got to talking with him, and that's how we met Jack. And so then you guys, <clears throat> so I don't know, we've talked a little bit about Jack on here, but Jack was, a, he was a local guy that lived down there near the Born cabin. Born and raised, yeah. yeah. And uh, he's, he's since passed away, but he was, you know, he was always around for gun season. He was just a Good old, old boy, Jack. hardcore man, smoked yeah. non-filter Paul Malls, as I recall. Beer drinking, yeah. deer killing machine. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, the funny story I remember about Jack is he would drink from sunup to sundown. That's not necessarily the funny part, but uh, he would drink his, I mean, doesn't matter. The minute he woke up, he'd start and he'd stop when he went to bed. So driving didn't matter. He's drinking. And he would drink beer and throw the empties in the back of his pickup truck through the window. And someone at some point said to him, like, hey, Jack, you know, like, you're going to get busted for open container, you know. Like, if somebody happens to see all that. And I just remember him saying, he looked looked right at whoever it was that said it, like they were speaking a different language. He's like, open container? Those are empty containers. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that, that was Jack. Jack. Yeah, that was Jack. He that was, was just uh, as yeah. close to a outlaw or whatever you want to call it as I've ever known. I mean, someone he just he lived his own by his own rules. That's for sure. Yeah. He taught us a lot about deer hunting, deer yeah. drives especially. Yeah, because up until that point, our idea of deer hunting, my idea of deer hunting, was still hunting. Uh, when we met up with Jack. Then during gun season, he taught us how to do deer drives. So when you say still hunting, you mean go stand out by a tree or sneak slowly through the woods? Yes. Either way, yes. It was not driving. Yeah. I had never done a deer drive in my life. Yeah. Until we hooked up with Jack. Yeah. And then uh, he had his own way of sending you out through the woods around the hollow till you come to the second hollow and then roll the hollow and don't <laughs> don't go up the hollow. It's, <laughs> you'll you don't want to go that way. Yeah. Just go out there. Just yeah. out that way. Yeah. Uh, Jack, I've never been that way. <laughs> ah, you'll be all right. <laughs> you, you haven't lived till Jack got you lost in the woods. Yeah. 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 I remember that. Like, I I. I'm not seeing any of this that he said I was going to see. I don't know. Right. 
Yeah. I remember a lot of times where it's like, oh, just go out this ridge. There'll be a dead tree. When you get to that dead tree, go over it, walk a little further and then turn. And I'm like, there's dead trees everywhere. What are you talking about? (laughs) I've stepped over three trees. Am I supposed to turn? Am I supposed to keep going? But yeah, can't miss it. Right. Right. I missed it. it. Right. (laughs) Right. There's a big oak tree. It's like a lot of big oak trees around here. I'm not really sure which one he was talking about. Yeah. I only remember getting lost one time at the cabin and I was actually, I was leaving from Jack's garage and they put me, said, walk in this direction, you know, just walk in that direction and you'll come to people. Well, what I ended up doing was walking, coming all the way across the drive, like, you know, through the middle of the drive basically there's drivers coming this way there's standers here i walked through the middle of it and up over the hill and then i knew i was lost then yeah so then i just found a found a power line like a high tension power line yeah and walked that to the top of the hill so i could see which way to go then and you know saw a road and i just walked for that road and then uh, ended up coming out to the road. Someone came out of their tearing out of their house to yell at me for trespassing. And I said, I'm sorry. I am lost. I have no idea where I'm at. Can you tell me how to get back to Jack's house? Yeah. And they knew Jack and they said, Oh, you're with Jack. Okay. Well, you know, his house is that way. I'll drive you down there. Yeah. You know, as soon as you said you were with Jack, everyone was okay. <laughs> you know, that yeah. was, that was, uh, the way to get out of about a lot of, you know, a lot of trouble down yeah, there was, yeah. sorry, I'm with Jack. I, you know, yeah, he got me lost. Yeah. Well, and that, you know, obviously that was all prior to having a cell phone in your pocket with GPS on it and, you know, right. knowing where you're at all the time. But yeah. See, I find it easier to know my way around down by the cabin than I do around here mm-hmm. on flatlands you put me in on flatland turn me around twice and i don't know which way to go yeah down at the cabin i know which way to go the hill the train once you get the big picture of how the ridges run yeah it's difficult to get lost yeah well i so, mean you may not know specifically where you're at but i know the road is that way yeah so speaking of that jacob and i out at grandpa's yeah, the same chunk of woods, flat ground we last year I got turned around. I mean, not like not like lost, lost, you know, but like like During convinced convinced my GPS is not picking up signal because there there's no way I'm over there. There's no way I you know like and sure enough, right? I was supposed to walk. Uh, what would that be? Due west, right? Just yeah, yeah, hit the yeah, woods yeah. and can you know straight west, yeah. Cross the field is west. When you get to the woods, continue west till you hit the old railroad tracks. And I'm walking and walking and walking and figuring, man, I feel like I should hit these tracks by now. And I get my phone out and I'm like southwest. I've you know Yeah, you were right in the it, middle of the we were right doing in the middle a of the drive. drive. Yeah, right. You're right in the middle of it. And Probably a hundred yards. Right. Yeah. Off of what like and I looked at I you know, cause I got a phone now, I pulled my phone out and I'm like, that can't be right. It's not getting a good signal. I, you know, so I go a little further and I check my phone and it says I'm farther into the drive and I'm like, what in the world? 
all right, I'm going to, this feels wrong, but I'm going to make a hard right and, you know, go this way. And somehow I ended up further into the drive, like somehow veered off to the left again and saw a deer, saw a guy, thought it was the neighbor. It ended up being Jeff who was doing the drive, but I was so turned around. It yeah. was... That was a buck too that yeah. got in between all of us. Yeah, yeah, we we food barred that drive pretty yeah. bad. But yeah, same chunk of woods this year for the first. I think it was probably opening day. Was it opening day night? Is that yeah, we were out there. It was super. Now you super got a hot. little bit of excuse because it was were, dark. It was dark when you were coming yeah. out. So a little bit of an excuse, but same thing. I, I mean, I walked in in the light. I climbed a tree. I got down from the tree, and I, you know. I'm, same thing. I was walking due west. I got down from the tree, thought I was walking due east to get back out to the field. And next thing I know, I ran into those railroad tracks that were west from where I was. <laughs> and I was like, wait a second. Something's not right. Yeah. Something's not right. So I had the same thing. Got my GPS out and was like, oh, okay, I got to go this way. I see, you know, I can see where the woods open up. That's a field. I'm going to go that way. So I start going that way, going that way, going that way. Next thing I know, I hit the railroad tracks again. I was like, <laughs> what the heck? Somehow I turned around. Yeah. So then I literally just got my GPS out and put my head down and just plowed follow, through. Follow yeah, the compass. Just plowed through everything and eventually got to where I needed to go. But yeah. yeah. So <clears throat> speaking of getting lost, I got another. This, this might have been just Jeff and I were down at the cabin and it was it was either you and I or it was either Jake and I and it was right at daylight savings time and so you know we're trying to figure out the night before like what time do we need to set our alarm for I don't you know and we got ourselves confused and I think we set our we set the alarm for an hour earlier than we should have and so you know we get up have breakfast we're going into the woods and it's still way dark and it was rain. It was. I'm pretty sure rain this a little was me. Bit. I think I remember this story. I think it was me. Oh, maybe we were all there then. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. maybe. I remember. We'll see where this story goes. And so, I'm going up the hill on the same side of the road as the cabin. I get across the creek, and I can't find the spot where I want to go up into the woods, and so. I figure, or no. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, there's a four-wheeler path. You couldn't find that four-wheeler path that going up in the woods. Yeah, and so I figure, well, I'm at the creek. I'm going to follow the creek because I know this four-wheeler path comes down to the creek. It was either the four-wheeler path or that gas line that goes up. And I'm going to follow the the creek. So I got the creek on my right. If I keep the creek on my right, I can't get lost. Well, like I said, it's way dark. It's way earlier than we should be up. And I get to some uh, a, a brushy area, I guess, and I'm getting through this brush, and then all of a sudden, the creek, I come out of this brush, and the creek is on my left. And what what in daylight, what had happened was that the creek takes a hard bend right there. And so when I worked around this brush, I came out, and the, the creek had bent you know, made a hard bend. And now, like, as I came through this brush, the creek's on my left. And at that point, I'm like, 
oh my gosh, like I'm not, I don't know, what, 80 yards from the road and I am so turned around. How can the creek be on my left? Like the creek, I didn't cross the creek, you know, and it was just, you know, it's way, you know, one of these way dark. The creek should be on my right. How did it get on my left? I, you know, and it was like, so I, I ended up just sitting down and waiting for it to get a little lighter because I'm like, I don't. I don't I really give, know which I way's I up. Give. I'm done. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I don't really know which way's up at this point. I'm pretty sure that was rut weekend because I'm pretty sure that might have been last. Was it just last year that happened? Because I'm no, pretty sure you no, had your. That was, you didn't have your stand. Your, no, I don't think so. Maybe it wasn't then. I remember it being bow season though. I think because yeah, like, well, because it, it was, was just daylight us. savings. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was just us. I don't think Dad or any of the older guys were there. But I remember, because I had went up to a familiar place, and anyone who's listened to the podcast knows I can't sit still. So after prime time, you know, the first hour, I'm up and moving, and I'm getting a hold of Jason, and I'm like, hey, man, what's going on? How you doing? What's happening? And he's like, dude, you don't even want to (laughs) know. He's like, I am not even on stand yet. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Any other good stories you want to tell? Anything? Oh, I'm sure there's a ton. I'm just trying. I know to... there's a ton, but yeah. Any closing thoughts? Yeah. No. Yeah, not really. I, hmm. I figured. I, I figured Dad would be good for at least one more. No, I don't. I don't have and any. When, closing when you put thoughts. me under pressure like that, I draw a blank. <laughs> <laughs> well, we yeah. have also, you know, we're trying to keep our podcast PG rated. There's a lot of. Yeah, there's a lot of... A lot of things that happen at the cabin that aren't good for the airwaves. A lot yeah. of episodes, yeah. 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 How about, how about uh, a tip that you would give listeners who have young kids? So, like, you've, you've pulled off quite a feat here, right? You've, you've successfully turned your three sons into hunters, right? And so there's... Yeah. Yes. We've got uh we at least looked the part i'm not sure i'll speak for myself we go in the woods with (laughs) weapons right right. you know you you guys do good (laughs) i think you do good so any advice or tips you would give to listeners that are say the age of your you know uh, age of us young whippersnappers that uh on how they can help ensure that their kids turn into hunters someday patience patience yeah takes patience don't get mad yeah be patient well i think that's a good place to end it patience yeah patience is a virtue mr miyagi son <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that's funny because when i just took my daughter out and there was i forget what she was doing but she kept making oh she was drinking her took a drink and she was drinking her drink and she kept like slurping it speaking of not being patient i wasn't very patient i said lily if you don't stop slurping i said you're never going hunting again (laughs) it's supposed to be fun you have to let them have fun but we ended up seeing the deer so it was all good we saw a lot of deer that night actually yeah i won't tell the whole story because lily wants to tell her story on the podcast so okay all right Next time I record in the basement, she said she wants to tell her story. So we'll let her do that. That'll be nice. Okay. All right. Well, there you have it. 
thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for uh, thanks for inviting we, me. Yeah, we got uh, some good stories commemorated in audio format forever and ever. So, so there you have it. Like I said, we really enjoyed this conversation. We really enjoy these type of conversations, you know, reminiscing on old old hunting stories. And so hopefully you guys uh, enjoy this kind of stuff too. And hopefully you're going to be spending time with some of your hunting buddies here in the in the near future. Or, or maybe you've already been into that and uh, are reminiscing on some of your own hunting stories. So the rut is uh, almost here in full swing. And gun season's not too terribly far behind that. So hopefully you guys have plans to spend some time in the woods here soon. And like I've said before, send us your photos. Send us your, your while you're out hunting, you know, send a, send a picture of your view and tag us. If you're lucky enough to get a deer, send us a picture, tag us in a post, whatever. We love seeing that stuff and, and sharing it with the community. So that would be great. And uh, like I said, hopefully you guys are having success. If you're looking for, say, a new sweatshirt or something, as, you know, the, the temperatures are starting to drop here, you can check out some of our apparel. Just go to ohiohuntsman.com apparel, and we've got sweatshirts, t-shirts. We've also got our decals that we've, we've talked about quite a bit, so check that stuff out. And continue to follow us on social. Anytime we're out in the woods, we're posting to stories and, and things like that over on Instagram, and so check that out and uh continue to listen we really appreciate it and we've got some big things coming i can't uh quite disclose the details yet but we've got some big things in the works so here i'll say in the next month or so we'll be able to uh kind of let the cat out of the bag on what we've what we've been working on so with that good luck stay safe out there and uh Thanks for listening. Mm -hmm.